0: ask you something. Have you asked for what you want? I mean, really, it may seem like a simple question, but have you asked, have you asked yourself? Have you asked others? Have you asked God? We're going to unpack that. I got my friend, Mark Victor Hansen here. We're going to unpack what that means for you and how you can take advantage of resources all around you.
1: Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller.
0: You know, I'm so eager to jump right into the conversation I had here with Mark and Crystal Hansen. Mark Victor Hansen, you probably recognize the name, co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. I learned a ton from Mark years ago about how to sell books. That has served me very, very well. I wanted to circle back around, recap some of those early things that happened, and also talk about Mark and Crystal's new book, Ask, simply titled Ask. I'll tell you how you can get a copy of that, other resources, but here's some of the things we're going to be unpacking. Are you trying to be self-sufficient? Are you depriving yourself of resources that could transform your success? Have you seen how freely children ask for help? What do you think you deserve? What are the roadblocks that keep you from asking? What is your responsibility when you ask God for help? Now those are kind of weighty questions, but we have a lot of fun. You'll hear me talk about some of the some of the, how I was impacted, how my life changed when I started asking, when I split ask and found people so ready and eager, to help me along the way. And certainly I've been the beneficiary of that for many, many years. So here's our quotation for today. It comes from the Bible, Matthew 7, 7, where it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Our resource for today is going to be simply Mark Victor Hansen's website, markvictorhanson.com. Wait to go there until you listen to this interview, but then when you go there, you'll see the book. You see other resources, some free things he's got there for you. So I want you to go there. But let's listen to the interview and then I'll do a wrap-up. Well, Mark and Crystal, welcome to the 40 Days Community. It's my honor to be able to have a chat with you today about your book Ask.
2: Well, we're happy to be here. Gosh.
1: Thanks for having us, Dan.
0: Ah, uh, you know. Mark, you probably don't remember some of these details. Obviously, you meet so many people. But I've got a little history with you that I'm pretty excited about. And I have shared this story thousands of times. In 2000, and it has to do with asking. In 2002, I was brand new, coming out of a really tough time in my life. I was teaching a Sunday school class, teaching this material that people kept asking about that turned into 48 Days to the Work You Love. But... You announced Mega Book University in Los Angeles. And I asked my wife, Hey, this is something we ought to go to. What do you think? She said, Okay. So I asked my good friend Dave Ramsey, I said, Hey, you're starting out as well with a book. This guy seems to know how to sell some books. Let's go. So we did. We went and sat there and just absorbed your content, and I ask lots of questions. I asked you, I met you in the elevator after one of your morning workouts and asked you some questions. (laughs) We came back to Franklin, Tennessee, and in the next 36 months, I sold over $2 million worth of a three-ring binder with that first version of that book. In 2006, 2006, I came back again and asked... Your team was looking for some success stories, and I raised my hand, and I had the opportunity to come up on stage with you. At that point, 2006, 48 Days to the Work You Love had been released. It very quickly shot up to be a New York Times bestseller, and because of the success of that, there was a bidding war for my next book, which came out in 2006. I got a $300,000 advance from Random House for that book. And I attribute it, I mean, 99.9% to coming and hanging out with you at Megabook University and asking. And I always tell people, you are the most gracious Southern gentleman to just share from your heart. So there's my ask story.
1: (laughs) Well, by the way, first of all, I like it. Second of all, I love your partner too. Dave Ramsey's had me on his TV show when I did, uh, I wrote a book called The Richest Kids in America we brought them on his show with. So I'd, I'd love you to send me his phone number privately when we're done with this, and we uh, let's stay in more touch. And then I'd, I'd love even a video doing what you did because we're the other book we're doing is called "You Have a Book in You" because I want everyone to write a book because everyone's got valuable stories to share that nobody else knows and nobody else can do.
0: Oh my, isn't that the truth? But you need a little guidance, and that's where and you need to be
1: being guided, guiders and guided.
0: Oh. <laughs> When, when I was at that first event, incidentally, you were getting ready to release another book. I joined your Enlightened Millionaires group, and I have my name in the back of that book. <laughs> <In
1: there. laughs> By the way, that, only because you need to know full circle. We just got back from Vietnam before COVID a second time. They paid us seventy five grand to come and talk, and it was gazillions of people. Because we're trying to keep Vietnam from the communist overreach from China, and we, we're teaching free enterprise, and, and they just go crazy for that book. It's the number one book in Vietnam, One Minute Millionaire. And, and if you told me when I wrote it, I could have a positive influence for free enterprise, capitalism, and anti-communism, socialism, and totalitarianism, I would have said, that's really nice. I don't think you're drinking the same water I'm
0: drinking. <laughs> wow, and it's that book. One minute millionaire. Yeah,
1: yeah 20 years later. I mean, wrote it. Came out, of, yeah, it came P. out. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. So a wow. A
1: communist country that wants to stay capitalistic.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, when there's a message that is worth hearing, it's timeless. Uh, just like success principles, they're not brand new. If they work, they're timeless. That The 40 Days to the Work You Love that I wrote then after taking that loose material I was teaching as a Sunday school class, I wrote that after hearing you, got it published. I've updated it every five years. So what I have now is a 20th anniversary edition in hardback, and I'm already making notes for the 2025 version that'll come out. But yeah, I love that when a message sticks around for a very, very long time. No. My,
1: my heartfelt recommendation is that you take the path, your partner there, uh, Ramsey, and get it through all the churches. Here's why. And, and by the way, I know I'm supposed to be selling my book, but I want to sell all books. I understand there's no limit. And, and the reason is people have got that. We got to open up churches again. We got to go back to church. We got to keep America, you know, God oriented as far as we're concerned. I think you're concerned, and that's what we're talking about here.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm totally with you on that. Let's talk about Ask, your new book, and we want people to access that. I certainly recommend it. There you go. Ask, beautiful purple color, cover. You can get it on Amazon, anywhere books are sold. Ask. Now, when we look at that concept, to ask, in some ways, seems to be self-serving. It seems like, I'm needy. I can't do it myself. We hear so much talk in our culture about being self-sufficient and independent, Unpack that right away for us, that it's stupid to have that perspective.
2: It is stupid, it's not really who we are, Dan, because we were all born as children with this remarkable ability, God-given ability to ask and to be massively curious about everything. I mean, we came into this world wanting to know who, what, when, where, why, how, right? We asked and asked and asked, and we also, as children, wanted to ask for more 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 (laughs) and over time what happened is that gets crushed out of us either through our parenting through teachers through work situations just through basic life rejection we start to get shut down we start to feel you know embarrassed for not knowing everything embarrassed that we want more information that we want to ask what's what that we that we are curious about things and we also start to be ashamed of asking for all that we could possibly have and so what mark and i wanted to do with this book is to rekindle that beautiful natural ability that we were all born with and it is in us intrinsically rekindle that and bring it back to life because when you do that everything in life starts to change for the better That is literally how you take the dreams in your heart and discover your destiny is through asking.
0: You know, I'm reminded of the old John Donne quotation, a theologian, no man is an island. You know, this idea that we have to be independent and totally on our own just defies all common sense. And you guys lay out so clearly. I love one of the little stories you started with where your your grandson, Everett, ask if he could help you write a book i mean that's so precious the innocence of children who ask without reservation at all they ask
1: it's such a great story and we thought it was right because like crystal said every kid is born with immense curiosity and unlimited why daddy why grandpa and so at christmas time we're on vacation two years ago in hawaii when it was still open and you could travel and all of a sudden, I get a telephone call, and on a little cell phone, it says Everett, and he can only call four people. He can call his parents, and he can call us, the grandparents. His
2: <laughs> gizmo watch.
1: Yeah, he had a brand new, you and I called a Dick Tracy watch. Do you remember those? <laughs> yes, we indeed. Talked, it's a gizmo. Now, we don't want him to call anybody but us. So the phone rings, and I said, what is it, sir? And he says, can we talk privately? And I go, we're on the <laughs> beach. And I go, of course, you can talk to me, son, 24 hours a day for the rest of your life, anything you want. I mean, this kid is really precocious. He's really advanced. Speaks English, Spanish, Chinese. Oh my! He has an amazing brain and amazing physicality too. He's a great basketball player. I said, "What is it?" He says, Grampy. Like he's looking around. You can hear. It. He says, "Are you alone?" I said, "No, Mimi." Uh, we call her Mimi, Grammy. But Mimi is with me. Said, "Can I?" Are you still writing books? I said, "Yes, sir." He said, uh, "Those chicken soup and soul books." I said, "Some other books, other than that, right now, but." He said, "Can I write the next book with you?" And she's listening and go, "Yeah, we love that." And so, but the, the innocence and the power and the poignance and the pregnancy of it. And obviously, he's read it, and he goes, "Wow, I'm only a seven year old, and I'm doing pretty good."
0: There you
2: go. Uh,
0: and in that, the the immediate gratification that he feels for having his ask validated like that. Yeah, I I wish we would do that as adults. Now, you lay out very clearly in Ask three different levels of asking. Ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. So I want to ask you a couple questions about each of those. You know, asking yourself being the first one, that's pretty interesting, the kind of questions the kind of things that may hold us back, you list unworthiness, naivete, not knowing what's possible, doubt, excuses, fear, and all that. The upper limit challenge, believing that I don't deserve it. Talk a little bit about how those things hold people back from asking the resources that are readily available.
2: Right. So we did, we, we talk about the seven roadblocks to asking, Dan. And what we found is that every single one of us carries at least one, if not more, of those roadblocks inside of us. And, you know, it's that unworthiness, that feeling that we don't really deserve better, maybe we're just not good enough, that stops us from asking for what's already there for us. There are so many treasures waiting for us, but until we're able to conquer those roadblocks and just step on our fear with tremendous amounts of courage and ask, start asking, we'll never be able to manifest everything that's already ours, um, and just out there waiting. Um, and one of the interesting roadblocks is, is naivete. I think you just mentioned it. You know, we tell a story about how, uh, our, when our girls were really little, I hired this Filipino woman she came and she'd make these wonderful dishes from her homeland. And one day she showed up with a fruit and cut it up and said, Hey, Crystal, try this. It's this juicy orange fruit. And I took a bite of it and I'm like, This is the best fruit I've ever tasted. What is this? And she goes, it's a mango. And I thought, why in the world have I never tasted a mango? I've been all over Europe. I've traveled so much. And I said, how did I miss these mangoes? And and I said, well, where did you get these? Thinking she'd imported them from the Philippines. And she said, I got them at the grocery store. (laughs) How naive am I? I don't even know that there are mangoes there. What other things am I missing? Because I'm just naive. I I stopped being curious. I stop wondering what's around me. I stop, you know, what opportunities am I walking past every day because I'm just naive to it. And it all goes back to that beautiful curiosity about life, wondering like we did as children, the who, what, when, where, why, what is that? And what what does it hold for me, right? What people am I walking by every day with, with this naivete? Because, you know, just passing by, could this be the best friend I've ever had? Could this be the best business partnership I've ever forged. And so really coming back into that beautiful curiosity, um, that naivete is one of those roadblocks. And it's important to address each one of these because each one has a different meaning for for every one of us.
0: Yeah, that idea, I want to lean into that a little bit more. That idea of understanding what we think we deserve is a real roadblock. Now, I work with people who, and helping them find work that's ma- that matters for people who care, essentially. And in doing so, if somebody's in a traditional job, they may get a 3 to 4% increase every year. They can tolerate that. But if somebody writes the next chicken soup for the soul, and all of a sudden there's millions of dollars there, we often see them sabotage that because their sense of deserving doesn't match the reality of what came so quickly. In today's environment, where there are no obstacles and people aren't locked into traditional ways of making money, how does somebody prepare mentally, emotionally, spiritually for blessings so they don't block them out of their own naivete?
1: Well, I do. First of all, I love the question at every level, and the first part of it is ninety-eight. I just read it yesterday. Ninety-eight percent of all sports stars who make all that money have bankrupted in five years. I thought, wow, that's tragic. In my own experience, when I was bankrupt in nineteen seventy-four and totally upside down and so low, I had to reach up to touch bottom. And I'm Mm -hmm. sleeping in a sleeping bag in front of another guy's room. And I say, what do I really want to do? You know, because you ask yourself, ask others, ask God. And I went to my roommates and I literally asked. Any of you, because I, I came up with exactly the line you said, any of you know, anyone talking that's young, not a celebrity, not a movie star, not a medical doctor, not a lawyer. And they said, yeah, I yeah. had this kid a few years older and he was talking to all the real estate people in the hot dog. Here's my ticket. Go out and see him. Well, we went out there and the guy just mesmerized the audience. He, I became best friends. But I asked Chip Collins, I said, um, I'm Mark I said, would you teach me how to do it?" you do? He said, look, kid. Chance you're making is one in a thousand. You're not going to make it. So I don't think I'll let you buy me lunch. But he told me what to do if I'd stay out of real estate, which he was doing in the five New York boroughs. And he said, you do life insurance. And he couldn't believe it because the first three years, only Tony Robbins and I have ever done, as far as I know, a thousand talks a year. Because you've been in my seminar. So, you know, I believe massive action, right action gets massive, right result. And obviously, I've sold a half billion books, so I guess I still believe that and totally believe it. Anyhow, i um, not still... Continuously believe it. How's that? Um, Because you got to keep asking yourself and then you got to chip away at what's wrong. And what I didn't know is I had a poverty mentality and I started listening to audio tapes with a tape recorder. Uh, You and I may (laughs) remember they're that big and I used to drive around a beat up old Volkswagen, shifting gears and holding this tape recorder and listening. And it changed my mindset, which changes your money set because you start listening to stuff. The mirrors held up like our seven roadblocks to asking and suddenly you go, Wow. My parents believe that, but I don't think I want to believe that poverty is the necessary way to go. I don't want to believe I can now have all the clothes I want, whatever it is I want. If you learn how to ask and what we're doing is we're saying, Hey, look, get a copy of our book at Amazon, ask the bridge from your dreams and destiny, but then go for free to ask the bookclub.com And we're going to try to edify everybody for free to become what we're calling mastering the fine art and science of asking.
0: Wow. Now, there's there's one story. It's absolutely iconic. Everybody in the world knows it at this point, but I've got to have you share it with our listeners again, Mark, and that is going from the position you just described there to being co-author, along with, with uh, Jack Canfield, of Chicken Soup for the Soul. But you went from a position of really having a lot of lack, and it didn't come easily. It didn't come after one ask. Please share, just briefly, I'm sure you've told it a million times. No, no, I'm honored. I'm honored. <laughs> Jack
1: and I are both talking at the Mandala Association, which I'm sure you heard 6,000 people. He was on early in the morning and didn't know I was in his audience. And then he comes up to me, and I'm the tie-up speaker. He was a kickoff that day. And he shakes my hand after I'd sold all the books and put away my little um, overheads. He said, uh, do you know me? I said, yeah, you're Dr. Jack Canfield. I You, you wrote uh, 101 Ways to Build self esteem in a Classroom. I, I'm a total... Supercharged fan of yours. Later on, he gave me a gold apple as a great and inspiring teacher award. But uh, Jack and I sat at dinner, and I told him how to do stories because he, you know, here's an intellectual, third in his class at Harvard, superstar. But he didn't know how to do masterful stories so people would buy all your books and tapes, which I was learning. We put together our stories. We came up with Chicken Soup of the Soul and I think what you want me to tell is 144 people all said, actually, as you know, hit the road, Jack. I said, look, you can like me. You don't have to like him. <laughs> no, Jack's a great guy. As you know, you heard about ourselves The point is, it's such a great line and I love it. And I shouldn't do it anymore. But, it's just, you know, I asked, he asked, we asked a lot of people. They turned us all down. we finally, our agent fired us and we had to go to ABA, American Booksellers. And I thought I'd never been there. It was, I, It's blanded into my brain. May 17th. It's 1989. And I'm in heaven. I, I'm a book addict, right? I love reading them. I love writing them. I love talking about them. I love meeting authors, all this stuff, right? And and that's what you met when you came to a mega book, which now we translated into a course if you go to markvictoranson.com. Anyhow, we did it. We got a little publisher, Health Communication, to take us. We didn't know they are bankrupt, $17 million upside down. <laughs> and they said, if you sell 20,000 books at $6 each, which is essentially a vanity press, we'll take you. And, and I said, no, no, didn't you read my while of a business plan? Because I interviewed the 101 best fiction writers like Clive Custer and all those guys, and 101 best nonfiction authors, Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, you know, and especially guys like um, Scott Peck, Roadless Travel. And I said, don't tell me how to write. I know how to write. Tell me how to market. And we wrote a while of a business plan. I said, I saw a million and a half in a year and a half. And then five million and 10 million the publishers all went, I don't know what that guy's smoking, but he ain't got a brain. You know, and, and I obviously did that. And then we were selling 15 million a year and got all the Guinness Book of Records.
0: Yeah. Now, how, how many publisher rejections do you think the average first time author goes through before they stop?
1: Most of them stop at one or two. And as you know, I said, don't stop. If you have your heart set on this, you got to do it. Go ahead. You want well, no, it?
2: he's always, Mark is one of the boldest askers in the world. I love this story that was submitted for the book. Dan, yeah, it was a guy named Charlie Green who saw Mark speak at a church in the Midwest. And he said, Mark got up and delivered this amazing talk for all of us. And we were all inspired and you know excited. And then Mark stood up He said, I'll never forget this. He, he just uh, submitted this without us requesting the story. So it was perfect for this, for our book ask. But he said, at the end of that, Mark stood up and said, well, now I'm going to, I have something to ask you all. And he waved a manuscript around and said, this is my new book, called Chicken Soup for the Soul. And I'm trying to find a publisher for it. And I'm going to ask you all to pray for me right now that we'll find the right publisher and this book will get published. So everybody prayed with Mark. And then he said, I'm going to ask you another question. I've got these order forms and I'd like to ask you to put your credit card down and fill it out. And as soon as we get this book published, I promise you we'll charge your card and we'll send it to you. And Charlie said, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Everyone did it. He said, we all bought a book that didn't exist because Mark was so passionate about asking us and he had delivered so much value and had inspired us so much that day that we couldn't say no. And I think that's the beautiful thing about asking. So many people are afraid to do it, but often in so many of our stories um, show this, demonstrate this in the book that if you'll just ask, you will be, sometimes you will be pleasantly surprised. Sometimes you will be blown away how much people will accommodate your request if you're just willing to ask. And the study we did on that for the book, you know, uh, when it came to asking others, you know, for help or assistance or whatever, People going into the study, there have been several studies done on this, people going into the study always think that the same thing, that people will think you're stupid, ignorant, uninformed, if you ask a question, or they think that you'll be perceived as being pushy or obnoxious. And the opposite is true. If you are just willing to ask somebody for something, there's an 80% more likely chance that you will get your request granted. Um, so there's no reason not to do it. And the studies also show that the people who ask the most questions are the most likable people in business settings, in work settings, and also in a in a study they did on dating, the people who ask the most questions, you know, deep and probing questions to the other person, those people were more most likely to get a second date. So asking questions is just this incredible tool that opens up so many opportunities in life for us when we learn to do it.
0: Wow. Yeah, I love that that study referenced there that it shows asking questions makes a person appear more likable, more engaging. It's it's not do you're stupid, you know, Stevie. It's we like you because you ask questions. Now this issue of asking yourself, you talk about the power of self-talk, really, and that when we talk to ourselves it's a form of asking i love that i mean right here in this crazy time that we're having right now gee am i going to get coronavirus unpack where that may lead
2: right well we talk about the quality of your questions you can ask the wrong questions and you're out if you're asking yourself negatively sometimes you're actually manifesting the wrong things like when mark said you know how do i go bankrupt by myself you know um all of those things are are Am I going to get sick? Am I going to be, when you start asking yourself in a negative way, you can sometimes draw those things. better question. They're self self-fulfilling prophecies. Better way is to ask yourself, how can I keep the most robust health possible? What things do I need to do to stay, keep my mindset healthy, keep my body healthy, stay strong. You know, um, ask, I'm, I'm a transformational life coach and asking questions is the core Of all transformation, it truly is. It's that reflective journey. So the ask yourself, ask others, and ask God are all equally important. But we always start with asking ourselves because that's that reflective journey. And there are really three critical phases to asking yourself when you want something to change in your life, when you're stuck, when you don't feel like you know where to go, when you don't have any answers. You always have questions, right? So that first critical phase is first saying Asking yourself, where am I right now? You know, what's working right now? What do I I like about my life? What can I not stand? What can I not tolerate any, any longer? How are the ways it can be better? And then the second critical phase is, where do I want to be? And it's amazing, Dan, how little time people spend on this because that is the only way to create a template for what you want in life. It Literally, when you start asking yourself these questions, it creates a new architecture for your life. So where do I want to be in my, in my, Mark and I like to say, you know, picture your end degree of success in relationships, success in career, success in your health and wellness, whatever it is, success in your life purpose, start with your ultimate level of success. And then ask the questions backward in this ultimate level of success that I'm imagining. What am I doing every day? Who am I talking to every day? How am I showing up? What's important to me in each day? And when you start to ask those questions, you will start to create the structure for your perfect life. And then the final critical phase of asking yourself is what specific actions and steps do I need to take to get there? You know, now that I've created this, this template or this architecture in my mind, what are those specific steps I need to take to get there?
0: Well, I love the examples that you give in your book, ask about the importance of that self-talk and that the things we say to ourselves open the door to go in that direction, whether negative or positive. And we can ask ourselves, you know, how can I be successful? Ask ourselves to lead us in the direction that we want to go, not the direction that we don't. I love reminding people of that. Now, asking others, you've got points there, how to do that. You know, when I, I recently, the idea of asking others, people Again, sometimes hesitate with that. In 48 Days to the Work You Love, I have steps for every day, 48 days of what you do on that day to lead right into the life and work that you love. Day 47 is take a millionaire to lunch. I have more people get stuck on that than anything else. Their immediate thought is, I'm struggling, why would somebody dedicate their time to taking to, to having lunch with me? And I tell them, You know, people who are at the bottom who are like you or who are struggling, they're the stingiest ones on earth. People who are already successful are the most gracious, generous people I've ever met in my life. But speak to that a little bit, the idea of asking when it may seem like you're asking up, and it may seem, again, back to that, gee, I wouldn't deserve this, but what has your experience been in asking people who are already farther ahead of you on the path?
1: Well, I want to do it personally, and then I want to do it professionally, and then I want to do it uh, associationally, and I'll be as quick as I can. Personally, when I was bankrupt, I listened to one tape that saved my life by Cabot Robert, as you know, called Are You the Cause or Are You the Effect? I had that big tape recorder. I listened 287 times, and and I thought, man, if I asked how to go bankrupt, I created this, and I can uncreate it, which I did, obviously. And then, So that was me personally, and I asked Cabot. I wrote him a letter, and he wrote me back, and I said, look, when you come into New York, I'll pick you up my beat up old Volkswagen figure from New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, anywhere you want to go. Here's a guy that's super rich that usually gets a limo. And instead of taking a limo, he let me pick them up. And I got to ask him every question I want. So that was my first experience with somebody that was really rich because my parents were absolutely not rich. I had one pair of blue jeans and they washed them on Monday and washed them again on Wednesday night. I had them again on Thursday, same pair. And talk I about how gracious he was. Yeah. He, Cabot Robert was the guy who founded the National Speaker Association was beyond gracious, would would say, look, Mark, you're going to make it even when he had no reason to believe that I'd pull it off. And then luckily, a month before he died, he got to hear Jack and I talk, and we spent a whole hour in front of three or 4,000 people telling how wonderful he was to both of us, more me than Jack, because he was really my mentor, and we wrote letters back and forth. I got a whole stack of letters like that. So that's that that. I'm a, I won the Horatio Alger Award, which, you know, means you've come from rags to riches. You get a gold medal in the United States Supreme Court from Judge Clarence Thomas. And you're one of 10. And, and every year we raise a quarter billion dollars to send at-risk kids to go to college. And, and so far we've spent almost a billion dollars sending 2,500 kids to college. So it's really good. Mm. But what I what we know about the people that are our associates, like, David Foster, who's a kid who couldn't graduate at 13 years old. He got kicked out of school because he was incorrigible and uneducable. But he said, look, I got music in me. And the other guy in our thing that had music in him, I get goosebumps telling you this, which to me is corroboration of truth, is Quincy Jones. Same thing at 13. And he goes apprentices to the world's greatest piano player at the time, a little guy named Ray Charles. I think you know that. name. I do. (laughs) I just believe that. But what did these two guys do? Quincy makes people like Michael. And David makes and releases, first of all, Barbara Striven, who is nobody, then, then a woman named Whitney Houston, and then he orchestrates all the stuff until now, and still of, of Celine Dion. What I'm saying is our school system is too constipated, and what happens is everybody needs to be a mentee to a mentor, and I'm thankful that I'm in an association that has people that are way more successful than us, and we ask them for everything. And the twenty-six people we interviewed were asked. A lot of them are in that association and have been superlatively generous. and And I know that we are we try, go out of our way to be generous to help everybody in every way we can.
0: Oh my, yeah, and it's there for the asking. And again, people don't access the brilliance, the wisdom, the history that's so available through people simply because they don't have the courage to ask. All right, we could park there all day, but I got one more area here that you talked about, and that is asking God. And this is this is kind of a hot potato. Um, I grew up in a strong legalistic theological background, and this idea of asking God—you know—you you talk about ask like a child, you know, become like a little child to ask. But this message about asking God can get convoluted really quickly with things like the secret where the implication is if I want a red Lamborghini in my front yard, I just ask God and then I just sit there and wait for it. God ought to supply it. Now we know that God is, you know, sovereign and he's providential and all that, but help our listeners understand what is our part in that equation we ask God; He can provide everything. But there seems to be more involved than just sitting down.
2: Yeah, no, it's such a good question, Dan. I, we love talking about this part. But you know, for us, really, the asking God part—it's sort of like you know—we all get caught up in our lives in kind of a narcissistic way. We just can't help it as human beings. It's—it tends to be about us. I mean, as much even though we we love our families and things, it's always about how can I do this or how can I get this? And and, and that sort of thing. When you start asking God what it does, it sort of like pulls back the camera lens of your life. So you're not focused on all the little problems and, and those things, but you sort of, it's like asking the question, how do I fit into this magnificent creation? That's the way we like to ask God, what is my greatest role you know, there's this, there's this beautiful universe that was created with the highest wisdom and highest intelligence, with so much beauty, with so many amazing miracles and so many people. So how can I best show up into that space, into that world? You know, it's not so much about, you know, checking off my wish list every day. God, can you give me this? Can you give me that? But it's really about asking for a deeper understanding of what your life is about and a deeper understanding about the steps you need to take to evolve or to realize the things you're supposed to realize or achieve the things you're supposed to achieve. And miracles really happen. Sometimes it takes patience. We don't understand God's timing all the way. We don't understand everything that's involved because it's not always just about what we want. You know, the, the God's perfect universe is is intertwined. It's all playing together. And there are so many little um, attachments and things that are happening all at the, the same time. But, you know, we have to have that's where the faith walk comes in. This life is is nothing but a faith walk. Right. You have to have faith every day, even when you go get in your car and go barreling down the road in a two ton machine that everything's going to turn out. OK, right. So right. everything requires faith. But I mean, there's something so beautiful about understanding that, like this, isn't just about me. It's about how I can show up and express in my best way, for which God created me, whatever that is. And when I ask that question, God, how can I be the best expression of myself? It's amazing the miracles that start to happen.
0: Okay, so let's take something tangible. In this area, though, of asking God, so let's say somebody is morbidly obese, and they pray to God to make them healthy, to give them health. What happens next?
2: What happens next is you need to listen for the answers, because the answer doesn't usually come where God waves a magic wand and you're suddenly skinny. What happens is you get an awareness. You start to see exactly why you're heavy. You know, why am I heavy God? Why am I not uh, respecting myself enough to understand what it is that creates a healthy body for me? And how can I create a healthy body? How can I understand foods better? How can I love and respect myself better? And when you start asking God to help you with that journey, amazing things show up. Your answers come in so many forms. You might suddenly be driving down the road and you hear the perfect person on the radio that speaks to your heart and mind and says, you know, if you've needed this kind of support where you need to support your heart and you need to find that self love again, then come to this thing. Because you know, having a healthy weight starts with loving yourself first or, or you are reading a magazine or you're online and an ad comes up for some supplement that is something that could be really supportive. But when you start asking the questions all of God You will begin to notice if you're awake and you're listening and you believe that your answers will come to you, they will. You'll start to see, you'll start to get feedback from God everywhere you look. And then the important thing, Dan, is to act on it. You know, at the end of the day, this is our journey and God gives us the free will. He didn't pre-program us as little perfect computers. Otherwise, we'd do everything right. We'd never do anything wrong. We'd never get heavy. We'd never fail. That's not what this life is about, right? We have the free will, so we need to keep asking, keep seeking, and all, the, all those answers will come to us. But then we need to have the determination to act upon those.
0: Well, I love how you've wrapped it up for us there. I love how the two of you have laid this out the opportunities we have, asking, asking ourselves, others, and God. Beautiful, beautiful message. We want to encourage people to get a copy of the book. And you've got another way that people can connect with you to to continue this journey. Tell us about that.
1: We would like them to go to our respective websites. Mine's really easy, markvictorhanson.com. And there's videos there. And there's a free gift book there that'll show you where the real market's going to be from 2020 to 2030. We're going to do 50 trillion, not billion. And, and anyone can participate right now. They're 30 to 50 million unemployed, unemployed people. So I want them all working, happy, whole, productive, and fully functioning. And your website. I'm
2: crystalvisionlife.com. And then, of course, um, we would like you guys to connect with us on social media. It's a great way to stay in touch and stay informed we're going to be doing some events as things open up we're going to be doing some virtual events on asking because we really want to help support people in their asking journeys we believe this is one of the most important things that all of us need to work on over these next couple of years to rebuild and reboot our lives so i'm at crystal dwyer hansen um, on facebook twitter you know youtube instagram mark of course is mark victor hansen Everywhere. On, everywhere. We love. everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so reach out. We we love getting to know you and uh yeah, let's do this together.
0: Oh and my books, of course at
2: amazon.com.
0: Well, we'll certainly encourage our audience to get connected and to follow the principles. Ask is the book, absolutely. Um, and it when you guys have a live event, I would love to bring my wife and come again. It bookmark bookend a very significant chapter in my own life i'd love to t- tie it up like that so we'll stay informed you to Come
1: and say it again in front of a lot and we've got some live i gotta tell you people are starting to hire again and they think these different states like nevada and florida are opening up as you may know
0: yes, yes indeed.
2: indeed so you're on our list so that we don't miss out because we don't want anyone to miss out on the stuff we're going to be doing it's going to be a great year ahead
0: Oh, it is. It is. This has been a challenging year. Certainly not what we expected for 2020. Perfect vision. But be that as it may, uh, 2021 is going to be awesome. Thank you so much for spending time with us. You've been an encouragement to me and a whole lot of other people. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you go. Golly, I get inspired. Just listening to that again. So many takeaways in there. Did you know that asking questions makes you appear more intelligent? Asking questions makes you more likable? Golly, isn't that a cool thought to think of that? Well, just a reminder, goodness, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Hey, the resource I want you to go to, I mean, the easiest way to get the book really is just to go to markvictorhanson.com. He's got some free downloads there. There's a cool little ebook on how to be up and down times that'll encourage you but uh, you can access the resources that we talked about there. You know, speaking of being around other people, I mean, asking is meaningless if you're in a vacuum or on an island. So uh, surely you can ask yourself, but the idea of asking other people, asking God, looking for direction and guidance, I don't know of a better resource to share with you than our Eagles community. 48 Days Eagles, people are doing exactly the principles we talked about here. People are reaching out, linking arms, sharing ideas and resources so generously. But the people who are receiving the most are the people who are asking. So check it out, 48dayseagles.com. We'd love to see you there. Thanks for being part of this growing community where we are encouraged, we're excited, we know the positive things that are going to happen the things are going to open up for us again in 2021, I'm totally confident of that. We want you to be part of that journey and share your journey with us. If you have questions or just comments, what have you asked for? I mean, shoot that into me. Just shoot an email to askdan at 48 dayscom Let me know what you've asked for, how you've asked for it. Why haven't you received it if you haven't? Or, or what were the results? I mean, I shared some stories early in the interview here about things I asked for very readily that have fueled the success and where I am today. But thanks for being part of this group where we know we can, without question, find or create work and a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Start asking more. You'll get the same results.